the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your home for up-to-the-minute market updates. This is Business 1440. KYCR, Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The Democrat-led impeachment inquiry is heading toward a Monday collision with a second hearing by the House Judiciary Committee. In the House over the weekend, Democratic lawmakers are huddling behind closed doors, now actually drafting up the articles of impeachment that they will present to their members next week. The FBI is not ready to release the identity of the Saudi aviation student who killed three people at the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Florida, even though the other Law enforcement agencies have done so. FBI Special Agent in Charge, Rachel Rojas. We are not prepared at this hour to confirm what may have motivated the shooter to commit this horrific act today. There are many reports circulating, but the FBI deals only in facts. After a positive jobs report yesterday, Wall Street was booming. The Dow closed up by 337 points. This is SRN News. Are you a member of our rewards program? Yeah. I had the card here somewhere. We've all been there, rustling around for that rewards card you can't seem to find. At Business 1440, we simplified the process. All of the perks, none of the hassle. It's the Business VIP Fan Club, where you'll get early access to tickets for our events, exclusive content, prizes, and more. Sign up at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Hey, have you heard about the Arctic Spa's Spa Boy? No, tell me about it, eh? It's a salt system that monitors itself and chlorinates when the sanitation is low in your hot tub or swim spa. Oh, yeah. Well, I talked a lot with the other guys. They got salt systems too, eh? Yeah, but no other spa company can offer anything like Spa Boy. By monitoring itself, the chlorine can be lower all the time, so our Minnesota skin doesn't have to be all dried out by the chlorine. Oh, yeah. Well, the missus was sure like that, eh? Yeah, it's insulated better than any other hot tub in the industry, too. It keeps your critters out. It's got a five-day freeze guarantee. It's the number one replacement spa in the industry. Oh, that's a pretty big statement, eh? So that must mean that people who buy another tub usually end up buying an Arctic, eh? It's a pretty great hot tub. Plus, with the Spa Boy salt system, you save lots of money on skin lotion, too, Oh, eh? you're always thinking, dude. Visit Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen today and see what makes the Arctic so great for Minnesota climates. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. PremierPools.com This is what matters. This is beyond X's and O's. This is the difference mutual respect makes. This is what character looks like. This is what defines us in Minnesota. This is sportsmanship. School sports. It's not the outcome that matters most, but the way the games are played. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. I'm excited. This economy is on fire. It's the King Banyan Show. Let me emphasize that correlation is not causation. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs. Please bring on the recession. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Our thanks once again to Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for visiting with us in the last hour. It's Job Saturday, and we're not done with this jobs report just yet. we got a couple, a couple things to uh, discuss. I have... Um, Put up, uh, if you follow us for the show, just go to Pound KBRS on Twitter. If you have a Twitter account, and if you don't, uh, welcome back to the 20, uh, 21st, uh, welcome to the 21st century. I, um, I think, uh, I think I've put up a, a, a post to show, uh, this 
shows some of this uh, talk about uh, whether or not this jobs report was really that good and whether or not we should average ADP and and non-farm payroll numbers to get the true sense of the economy. Um, as I said at, be- at the beginning of the last hour, I started teaching here in 1984 when if you were if you were a uh, professional, you might have access to Lotus One Two Three. Um, I wrote my I wrote my dissertation on a uh, on a dumb terminal um, sitting in my office, and then would go and print the, onto uh, computer paper the stuff that would, had the tractor feed and the little holes on each side, and then and then the perforation so you could tear it off and make it look like a smooth page. I printed on that stuff. And then to make sure it was written in proper form, I had to take my dissertation to somebody who did it on on this gigantic machine that was called a word processor. You have to be a fellow of a certain age to remember those. Okay, now I did all the editing for our our latest quarterly business report, which is coming out tomorrow in the St. Cloud Times up here. Uh, we'll get a we'll get a link out to you when it gets published. I did all of that on an iPad. And a detachable keyboard that uh, I had set up in a coffee shop somewhere. I did the final edits on it last night while I was waiting for my wife to finish a Christmas program um, at a nearby church. Um, I would have gone to the program. I'm going to the program tonight. Don't you worry. Um, but at any rate, we did the um, we did the uh, we did the the whole piece there. And so we've always relied on these very simple models. And, and and to me, what I teach students nowadays is now I can go onto a computer, I can load in something, and there's several programs that are like this. Many of them you have to pay for, but uh, increasingly I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, programs that provide graphical user interfaces for programs like R or even uh, or SQL or something like that so that you can do sort of point-and-click work. You don't actually have to know anything about coding. And... And the result of that is is that uh, there's a lot of people who just assume that everybody knows how to do correlation coefficients and so on. I used to teach it to people how to do it by hand, and I mean literally. I gave them a sheet of paper and a calculator, and I gave them 10 pairs of numbers and said, calculate the correlation coefficient. You won't have a computer. Yep, you're right, you don't. You might need to do this someday, so just be sure you know how. But the bigger point is the bigger point is to try to actually understand is teaching people how to use moving averages. And so you hear on our show regularly that I will use the moving a three month average growth rate. Okay, to to define. So if I look at the payroll data, uh, the establishment data, I will often use the three month average numbers that are down the down the page. I like actually using 12 month averages instead. But in terms of non-farm payroll employment, I want you to understand how strong this has been. The three month averages, 156,000 in September, and. out that in the prior two months. So if you take 193, 156, and 266, that averages in terms of total non-farm to 205. If you take the 183, the 163, and the 254, and you average those, that's the 200 in private payroll employment. That's probably a better estimate. And so people want to go back and say, well, we'll average over the last six months. We'll average over the last 12 months. It doesn't tell you anything more. I mean, when you decide to give an observation 12 months ago, the same weight that you give the observation now, usually when you're doing that, it's because you think that that what you're talking about 12 months ago says something about what's happening right now. That's not necessarily the case. The trade war was different back then. Federal Reserve policy was different back then. Deciding to average in numbers says that that the information content of a number three, six, twelve months ago has just as much validity as as it does today. 
So we have more sophisticated techniques, and I, I, I teach those regularly. And I teach students, okay, here are all the techniques I can think of to sort of adjust that, adjust for the kind of information content you want um, using a spreadsheet. I'm going to assume you don't have access to some kind of statistical software that allows you to run regressions or, or do um, ARIMA analysis or, or, you know, or do uh, uh, vector vector error correction map models or something like or, or ADLs or anything like that. Okay, the last 15 seconds I've just talked about four different techniques that are very complicated techniques that PhDs do. Yep, we do them. But I tell people, if you're going to use this in the forecasting world, you have to prove to me that reliably that forecasting method provides you better estimates, not then from saying zero, but at least from saying, well, this month will be like last month. Or this month will be or your forecast does better than just assuming the 12-month moving average or something to that effect. You've got to figure out whether or not it beats a simple model because every time you complicate the model, you've complicated your explanations for when the model goes wrong, like it, like Minos models went yesterday. I didn't have two, I didn't have 266 on my score sheet at 7.29 a.m. yesterday, central time. I didn't have that. I didn't have anything close to that. But I know, I you know, and so, you know, I dig into the numbers and I say, okay, so what what did I get wrong? Did I get the manufacturing numbers wrong? No. Motor vehicle parts, motor vehicles and parts was down 42,800 in October and up 41,300 in, in November. Those washed out. Okay, so that by itself should have explained most of the gain. Now, if you say... Well, then, you know, look, 42.8 and 41.3, that's 84,000. So add the 84,000 to the 156, and you've pretty much explained all of the gain. That's only like a 20,000 thing, and that'll get worked out in the, in the revisions. Eh, possibly. But in that case, if you're going to argue that, then you would have to say that the true growth rate of, the, uh, growth rate of employment back in October should have not had the 42,800 deduction for the GM strike. So the real number should have been closer to 200,000 last month and then therefore would be around 215 or 220 this month. You know what? I'm okay with that, but we know that. We know that. That's the moving average number. The census workers, it turns out right now, they, it, it's not influencing the data. So as I look around the rest of the information that's out there, Temporary help services, that number is growing a little slowly. That's, a, that's my, one of my leading indicators that comes out of the jobs report is what's happening with temp help services, up 3,800 in October, up 4,800 in November. It's positive. That positive is good. Uh, leisure and hospitality, up a little bit. Here is the part, though, that, that uh, Brian Westbury made, the point that Brian Westbury made. And I'm, gonna, and I'm not going to talk about the jobs report for the entire hour again. But I want to point out what I think is the best bit of news here. And, and Brian makes this point in, his, in, in a blog post that, uh, at First Trust Portfolios that came um, at the time that they uh, had said that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this to you in, uh, in fuller detail. I'm going to go find it for you. We, we like to use the employment report to measure workers' purchasing power. And that looks healthy, too. Average hourly earnings rose 0.2% in October, up 3.1% from a year ago. Meanwhile, the number of hours worked rose 0.2% and are up 1.6% from a year ago. Combined total earnings of workers up 4, are 4.8% of ahead of a year ago, which is more than enough to keep powering the consumer powering the consumer uh, spending higher. And this was the point that I made when I was talking to Ed that was in the Wall Street Journal's editorial this morning. The National Retail Federation, 
This is quoting their, their editorial. The National Retail Federation reported this week that Americans during the five shopping days between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday spent 16% more on average than last year. Yes, the malls maybe got fewer people. Online did a little bit more, and everyone's going to fret about that. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to the malls? Okay. But the point being, go back to the top-line number. 16% more was spent. Now, some of that is because it's a shorter holiday season. If you think about, if you think to yourself that somehow nobody spends, no one no one goes out and does their Christmas shopping based on the calendar, but instead waits until they eat, they eat turkey, and turkey is the trigger mechanism for, for going to do Christmas shopping. It's a shorter season. The Retailers obviously know what the calendar is, and many of them were pushing their specials back before Thanksgiving. But nonetheless, 16% more spending between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday. Where is that coming from? It's coming from the fact, it's not coming from the fact that uh, billionaires are out buying more yachts, as, as the Wall Street Journal points out. because It's because people in like Ames, Iowa, in Ames, Iowa, where the unemployment rate is 1.3%, or St. Cloud, where the unemployment rate is 2.3%, or Cleveland, where the unemployment rate is 3.2%. The malls are filled with, with those people, not the billionaires. And the mall traffic is a sign that things are actually doing really well. But let's play Jim Cramer one more time, Wyatt. Here's There's a fellow the- by name Michael Semblis. I don't know if you know him, but he is the uh, chairman of market and investment strategy at JP, JP Morgan. He came up with a list of what the cable companies, cable, CNN, MSM, what do they cover? The number 16th, 16th is positive economic news. Mm-hmm. All the rest of them are negative. So you know what's going on here, Joe. People don't want to say good things. And this is the best number I've ever seen in my life. Be of good cheer. Let people know. This is a good jobs report. It's a great jobs report. Best I've ever seen? No, I probably can, if I dig around through the archives of our show at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, I bet I could find a jobs report or two that might have been better. But I don't think Joe's wrong. I mean, I don't think Jim Cramer's wrong. This is as good an economy, you know, overall, over the last three, four months, this has been a really strong economy. And so when people keep saying you got to call a recession, you got to call a recession because the recession because this expansion's long in the tooth. I'm not ready yet. I'm just not ready yet. I think it could be something coming at the end of 2020. But I'm less than 50/50 on that, and you should be too. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan show on Business 1440. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Do you want to get rid of your expensive landline, save money, but keep your important home telephone number? then OurOldNumber.com has the perfect solution. OurOldNumber.com allows you to keep your home phone number and cancel that expensive landline connection. With OurOldNumber.com, calls from family and friends to your home phone number are answered by a personal greeting from you. The caller selects which family member they want to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded to that family member's cell phone. Your important home phone number is still your number. It's still in directory assistance, and no matter where you happen to be, you'll never miss a call. 
There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. There are no long-term contracts. And it's only $9.99 per month. Best of all, OurOldNumber.com eliminates those annoying sales calls. Now, your home telephone number can be as mobile as you and your family are with OurOldNumber.com. Visit OurOldNumber.com to learn more and get started today. OurOldNumber.com. If you are experiencing hair loss, let this be the year to make a new hair's resolution. I'd like to introduce you to the only permanent solution to hair loss. I need more hair.com. Hi, I'm Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. You will find some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in Minnesota. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair, and they can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Let this be the year to make a new hair's resolution. Check out INeedMoreHair.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. It has been a, uh, a, very, uh, a very good uh, jobs report. We've talked about that. Let's quickly uh, flip through a couple uh, uh, other bits of economic news of the week before we uh, get on to a couple other things, including a, a, an absolutely remarkable observation my wife made last night about, about the Peloton ad, which I... Would have never thought I was going to talk about it on the show, but I think I'm going to have to. I just kind of have to. And something I heard that made me shout at my podcast of the Hugh Hewitt show yesterday. Um, that uh, kind of made me a little crazy too. So we'll 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 squeeze both those things into our usual economic uh, tour de force that is the King Banyan Show. Pound KBRS on Twitter is how you find us. Want to react? 651-289-4477. 651-289-4477 with questions and comments. We are live today. We'll be live, hopefully, for the next few weeks. Uh, North Dakota State football notwithstanding. Um, there, I mean, This is a consumer-led expansion, as we just pointed out. 16% increase in, in spending, according to the, to the uh, National Retail Federation. Combined online and, and in the malls, okay? So if you put them together, it's combined 16%. Again, because because Thanksgiving came so late on the calendar, there might have been some compression. People who would have normally gone shopping on the, on, oh golly, the 24th or the 25th, if, if Thanksgiving had fallen on the 23rd, delayed and waited to get over get over to uh get the sales on the 29th and the 30th instead yeah that's possible all right that and that's kind of how that's kind of how how seasonal adjustments work we put in these holiday adjustments as well because some of the spending the numbers that uh you'll see for november will be a little shy of the mark because uh because thanksgiving was so late there are ways to do seasonal adjustments in in statistics that can fix that uh but not everybody does it uh to be because you need a it's it's unfortunately what i always what i've always called a data intensive project you need a lot of years of data in order to do a reliable estimate of that holiday effect and you probably don't have it so you you go well i can't do that so but does it keep you from publishing the number even though the number is influenced by that it will do it anyway but if you look at some other information about consumers, they have done fairly well, too. The preliminary uh, University of Michigan Consumer Confidence Index was 2.2% above uh, what was guessed at to be the estimate for, no, no, uh, November, for November they th- or for December. They thought that number would be up to 97. Instead, they got a 99.2 in the preliminary. Expectations are up by 1.6% month over month. 
Um, all of the gains seem to be among upper income households. Now, again, I point out upper income households don't necessarily do all of their spending via the mall. They're not about buying yachts. Okay. Inflation expectations down one tenth, 2.4%. Business expectations improved. Uh, if you looked at uh, if you looked uh, in Europe and you looked at the uh, PMIs coming out of uh, the eurozone uh, for uh, services and for manufacturing, the service number came to five point fifty one point nine, um, which is down from fifty two point two in in uh, in November. But the initial print was fifty one and a half, so it just came back a little bit more. But because because manufacturing PMIs have been down uh, significantly below 15 in the eurozone, you need that service number to be a good bit above 50 in order to have the balance of it work out so that their economy stays in expansion. I'm very concerned about what's happening in Europe. I'm more concerned, though, about Germany than I am about, about the U.K. My opinion on the U.K. election is that right now, there's about a two-thirds probability that that uh, the conservatives have an outright majority and don't need to worry about uh, trying to woo back the DUP, which I, I don't think is going to work since uh, Boris pretty much threw them right under the bus and, and then backed up the bus and ran them over a second time with the, uh, tra- with the, uh, with the Brexit deal that he uh, created. I think they'll be fine. The uh, FTSE has been down on the stock market, but the but the pound has strengthened versus the euro over the last two months, which makes me think that things are things are probably improving, and that hasn't really moved very much over over this time. So I, I think I think the UK has done fine. Uh, indeed, their manufacturing index. Um, down it, down from its October level, but uh, for November, but. Uh, Versus the estimate, it actually wasn't as bad as people thought it was. Um, the Chinese market has actually improved a fair amount as well. There's good news there. I don't want to take too much time going through each each individual country. Um, but in the U.S., both of the PMIs in the United States, purchasing manager, manager indices in the United States, both for services and for manufacturing, both of them fell, not by as much as... Um, both of them fell. The manufacturing one was the more concerning one because we thought it was going back up, and it, it actually retreated below what was a surprising down number in October. We thought that the end of the GM strike would make that number go back up. It did not. Uh, within the um, total of 13 industries are in contraction versus 12 last month of the 18 that are that are measured in the uh, in the manufacturing sector by the Institute for Supply Management. Quote, global trade remains the most significant cross-industry issue. Overall, sentiment this month is neutral regarding near-term growth. Okay, and on the, uh, and on the uh, um, services side, pretty much the same thing happening. Construction spending was down. Trade deficit narrowed, but it, it, um, it fell because imports have been, uh, have been dropped have been dropping. That's actually probably the reflection of the trade war. I think the September tariff increases, and we have, of course, um, planned to be on next uh, Monday, not this coming Monday, but a week from Monday morning, on current plan, the Trump administration will raise tariffs again on Chinese products. Um, They've announced more tariffs on South American steel and aluminum in the past week. These prices are beginning to bite. We're seeing this by a drop in imports. So you are seeing trade deficit numbers come down. But again, if the trade deficit narrows because imports have fallen, okay, that can have a negative impact on total consumption because consumers might substitute domestic goods for foreign goods, and they might just choose not to buy anything at all because the prices are too high. We'll have to see how that works out over the next over the next three to six months. It's simply a too soon to say situation here, um, but um, it's been very interesting. We've talked about the uh, the, the the various tete a tetes going on for, between the uh, between them um, that are happening. 
Uh, but um, it's been it's been very it's been a very interesting piece. Um, altogether, I think the economy's doing well. You knew if they had a strong jobs report, we would have to get Larry Kudlow on. Let's play our minute of Kudlow. This is the last this is the last cut that I sent uh, Wyatt. Please play it. And my point is, despite I don't know a certain amount of pessimism, uh, the economy is outperforming expectations. Uh, economic policies from the president are working, and America is going back to work. And I just think that's crucial. Because you know what, Jonathan? I can't remember who wrote the book. My pal over at the American Enterprise Institute, um, Brooks, right? Who was his name? Uh, Brooks. Anyway, America is a happy place when it's working. I mean that. And America is a cranky place when it's not working. And I think as this new rebuilding of the economy with new incentives from taxes and regulations and energy and protecting ourselves on trade, as the numbers come in, as people come out of the woodwork, as the you know production workers uh, are getting higher wages or faster wages than their bosses are, anyway, all these things... Yeah. This is a country that's going back to work, Jonathan, and I think it's a happier country as a result of it. Could the economy actually be doing too well, so well, that the Federal Reserve might have to actually change its mind a second time? We'll talk about that right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Wally Link fellow Eric Nelson from the Minnesota Score Magazine and Minnesota Score Radio with you here on the Two Minute Score. Well, Eric, Twins making some big moves in the offseason, kind of. Uh, they have decided to keep the fans safe. People like you who can't seem to pay attention to the ball game are going to be even safer this season. Yes, they're going to extend that netting even further. I hear 275 feet down each line, down the first baseline, down the third baseline. So now you can take that that tablet or whatever it is you sit with down in the stands, and you can sit down there and not worry about getting conked in the head by a foul ball or a line drive. You don't. The only place you're not going to be safe anymore is if you sit out in the left field bleachers or out in the right field bleachers, and you got guys like Nelson Cruz hitting bombs. You you might have to pay attention, but you're safe. More netting, so you and your cohorts who like to text during baseball games are now safe. Yeah, the bombas will be going out into the bleachers without any nets. The Twins may have to think about changing that. Oh, well, my, in my opinion, th- this is all part of um, this new world we live in. If if you didn't have netting, we'd have to have a hands-free law going into the ballpark <laughs> where you couldn't even have your phone during a game. And think about that. In today's world, oh, boy. that's impossible, especially when an MLB game can go from three to four hours on any given night. Everybody seems to have ADD. Their attention span is uh, about the same as a gnat. So I, wow. I, I just think, you know what, I applaud the Twins. It's something that's going on around MLB. I think the Chicago White Sox started the entire netting process last year down there on the south side. It's just the way of the world in MLB. You should come to some of those summer league games that they do. There's no fences, no nothing, man. You just got to pay attention to baseball. Minnesota Score Radio, Saturdays at noon, here on Business 1440. <laughs> 
was actually cool. So in the middle of the King Banyan Show here on Business 1440, I get two minutes of sports and talk about the Twins. That's great. I'm not sure everybody understands how our show works. Uh, I, I'm here up at, uh, up at uh, my office at St. Cloud State University. And through the miracle of the Internet, I'm able to talk, talk down a line to, uh, to just talk over the Internet to, uh, to the studio where Wyatt somehow takes, takes what I say and makes it uh, appear on your radio or in the podcast. And I have no idea how any of that works. And that's, that's just really, really neat. Um, I think to myself, that's just, that's just amazing. But, uh, I actually sit here and listen to all the ads and, uh, I, I will, I will say listening to Minnesota score radio is one of those things you probably should do. Cause they're, they're fun. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm and, and, and stadium construction is doubly interesting. So I'm going to actually flip that on my, uh, flip that on my headphones as while I'm at the gym, uh, at over the lunch hour today. Cause I want to know what's happening. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to quest number to call. Questions or comments? Yes. Yeah, so Larry Cudlow, just before the break, says everything's going well. Not twenty four hours before this, uh, Bloomberg opinion uh, opinion writer economist Carl Smith. Um, they put up these little. Uh, they're sort of like the the uh, the uh, Banyan business briefs that you hear during the week, where uh, we do little. 45 second uh, bits of uh, opinioning. Um, this was Carl Smith on Bloomberg here. Uh, came out on Thursday this past week. Let's play cut, th- cut number five. Strong initial reports of Black Friday and Cyber Monday shopping have strengthened the notion that the U.S. consumer will continue to be the engine of growth for the American economy. However, consumer spending growth, like overall GDP growth, peaked in mid-2018 and has been slowly declining since. At its current level, consumer spending could only support roughly 60,000 jobs a month, far below the average pace over the last few years. The slowdown in the job market could dent consumer sentiment, leading to a further downward spiral. Unless some other sectors come to the rescue, the possibility of a recession will loom over 2020. Okay. And he published that 24 hours before. They published that less than 24 hours before the jobs report. All right. I'm going to say to Mr. Smith, you got one thing, Dr. Smith, you got one thing wrong. It's not spending supporting jobs. It's job supporting spending. Okay? Production and the earning of income comes before the spending that is done. Okay? And and we saw 266,000 net new jobs in the economy thanks to the to the payroll survey. We see unemployment rates of 1.3% in Ames, Iowa, 2.3% up here in St. Cloud. Uh, 3.2% in Cleveland. That's what's supporting. That's what's supporting consumer spending. It's not the other way around. And 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 so it would have been wise, I think, to have actually probably kept that one in the can for 36 hours to be sure that it didn't get stomped on by a huge number. Uh, and I wonder if this. I wonder if uh, Doctor Smith had been uh, overly influenced by that that negative ADP figure. Indeed, um, uh, you know the next thought that that you have in this in this is whether or not the the economy is doing so well. Again, I gave some praise to during my my talk with Ed Morrissey in the last hour. I gave some praise to Jay Powell. Um, he was wrong in 2018. I was wrong in 2018. I thought the interest rate increases were fine because I kind of thought that maybe we had figured we we had approached the point where inflation would begin to take off and they ha- it hadn't but there's some talk out there we heard we heard this piece uh, this is uh Mike uh, Schumacher on CNBC uh on on uh, on uh on close I think he was on closing bell yesterday he's a chief economist with Wells Fargo uh, or excuse me, he's a he's a uh, he's a strategist with Wells Fargo. He was on on uh, CNBC yesterday, and he's wondering where's the Fed going next? Could it possibly go higher? Go ahead and play that, Wyatt. Yeah, it's unusual to think of a really brief cycle like this, but again, you don't normally start from such a low level on Fed funds either. Now there are precedents. A lot of people point back to the mid '90s. The Fed did something like this, so it's possible. 
I think if the Fed were to stop and wait, or maybe it goes in January and waits after that, probably doesn't matter too much either way. The Fed could then say, we've done a lot. It's in the pipeline. There's always a lag with monetary policy. Let's give it a few months and see how it goes. So the next move beyond that, any number of factors could crop up over the next 6 to 12 months. You've got trade still out there. U.S. elections could have a big effect. Maybe Brexit comes into play. So the Fed's not in a big hurry to say, we're not quite done easing yet. And by the way, our next move in 6 or 12 months is a hike or even another cut. I don't think they're quite at that point. So they could go in any direction. I mean, the Fed is really kind of in an uncertain place right now. And and he's right. I mean, put let's put these factors in place. As Ed uh, identified in the last hour, suppose the suppose we get a trade agreement that is better than many of us think. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be small ball, but maybe it isn't. Suppose suppose they suppose they get a, a good deal. It's it's possible. Let's not let's not discount that just because I don't think the trade war has been a, a particularly great way to go about the objectives of the of the Trump administration doesn't mean they might won't make a good deal. They could happen. Suppose Brexit turns out awesomely. Suppose Germany skirts past the recession and begins to grow again. Suppose the signs from China over the last over the last few weeks where they've done a lot of easing takes off. And suppose that the uh, that the easing that's been done, the QE that's not QE that's being done by the Federal Reserve, actually does lift asset prices higher, and you do see additional spending as a result of that. Could interest rates go up? Yeah, won't be in the next six months though. It's going to all right. So for a while they're on hold, and maybe they're on hold to the end of the year. One one person, this he was uh, chief of the of the staff of economists working at the Federal Reserve for some time, and then became the vice chair of the Board of Governors. Donald Cohn uh, was also on CNBC. I listen a lot to him because you are you're you're talking when you talk to Don Cohn, you are talking to the person who probably he's now at the Brookings Institute. You're talking to the person who probably has more institutional knowledge of what happens inside the Federal Reserve than anybody in the world. Okay, in terms of understanding the inner workings of the place, okay, I'm, I'm if if you told me pick one person to tell me the inner workings of what's going on, what's the thinking inside the place, it'd be this guy. Let's play the first cut where where I believe what he's saying is in fact kind of agreeing with Schumacher, but probably thinking more like the hold is going to be a lot longer. Let's play cut uh, number two. Well, I think if anything, it reinforces their judgment that they've got policy in a good place, as Chairman Powell says, to support the continued good growth in the economy with very contained inflation. Great jobs growth. They don't certainly don't need to ease to, uh, to help the labor market. It's doing great all by itself. And uh, wage growth was, has been a little higher, but it's not really accelerating despite this very low unemployment rate. And inflation is below their target, so they've got no reason to change, and this will just reinforce their judgment. They're in, they're in, right now, at least for a, for the last three months, they're pretty much in Goldilocks world. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's just right. Doesn't mean something can't happen, but as again, I say... The only thing that happen in the United States that's going to make this thing worse is if the Fed if the Fed makes a misstep, which it seems like they're not going to do. On the one hand, or we get something something really strange, particularly in terms of trade policy. I don't even think the refusal to pass USMCA would put a dent in where we are right now. They should pro- they probably should pass USMCA. It appears to be held up. Uh, by politics, um, which is interesting because to me it looks like the politics are intra-democratic party. There are lots of people that want to pass that bill within the within the Democratic Party, uh, but on the other hand, uh, the large labor unions, particularly AFL-CIO, doesn't want it to pass. Um, so, so, but I I don't think I, because I don't think USMCA changes much in terms of the economy over the next five to ten years i think i'm bouncing out past because i just think we need the digital rules but we need the digital rules across the world and and 
we could start with USMCA, but frankly, we need them in Asia as much as we need them in in the Americas. Uh, we need them in Europe as much as we need them in the Americas. But at least it'd be a start and it'd be a model that we could use to tell others what to do. That'd be okay. But the other issue that that came up, and this came up in this this odd. There's some guy in our Twitter feed at Pound KBRS who seems to seems to want to spend time talking about uh, about uh, about Phillips curves and so on. And 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 the point to be made here is that if you don't know where the where the rate at which uh, inflation accelerates, so we talk about the natural rate of unemployment. There's actually this second thing called NARU. Okay, N-A-I-R-U. It's an acronym. It stands for the Non-Accelerating Inflationary Rate of Unemployment. It's the rate of unemployment below which inflation will accelerate. I think we all thought that number was somewhere in the low fours three years ago. We're at three and a half, and there's no sign of that acceleration. Don Cohn says that very same thing. Let's play that second clip. As you look at these jobs reports, seeing 266,000 jobs is an awful lot for an economy that has a pretty tight labor market. How much longer can we continue to add jobs at these numbers? And if we start to slow down, you know, do we need to be reminded that that's okay? We're almost here near full employment. Well, Courtney, I agree with you. I think it's unsustainable to continue at this pace, 200,000 last three month average. I think the steady state uh, pace of increase uh, drawn from the demographics of the United States is closer to 100,000. But I, I would also admit that I've been saying that for some time, and it has been sustained, and it has been sustainable, and it hasn't really pushed up inflation. So I think it can't go on forever. Uh, at some point, the pressure on on worker availability will drive up costs and wages, and that'll feed through to prices. But I think it's going to take a while before we see that. And that's the exact opposite of the of the uh, Neil Irwin uh, piece where he says, and in fact, you can go further and we probably should have let it go further. And we shouldn't have worried about hitting that inflationary piece. Don Cohn, a creature of the Fed, where inflation aversion is in the uh, is in the drinking water, um, is is a little more concerned about that. We we have to take a break. We're going to leave the leave leave the Fed and and those things there there. You got a couple other things, a couple uh, economic observation and maybe a non economic one as we close today's show of the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty coming up next. Business fourteen forty is KYCR Golden Valley. Did you know that 45% of consumers look at your online reviews, comments, and feedback to decide if they want to do business with you and your company? I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of Salem Media Group Twin Cities, and I want to introduce you to Salem Surround, the next generation answer to digital marketing for your local business. Salem Surround can help your company get the most out of their online reviews and reputation. Call Alyssa for more information at 651-289-4406. Social Security is with you through life's journey. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there as you grow, protecting you and those you love. We are there when you get your first job, helping you to save for the future. We are there when you marry your sweetheart to help secure your new life together. We are there if the unexpected happens. To help you see life from a new perspective. We are there when you start your next chapter to make sure you get off to a great start. And we are there when you lose your soulmate to help make sure you will be all right. We are with you through life's journey. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us and see what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. (laughs) 
remember when we found out we were expecting you and we were so surprised. You were? Yep, but then we heard your heartbeat and knew you were going to change our lives. What happened after that? Well, you grew and grew in my tummy. You started kicking, sucking your thumb, and even making a fist. No wonder I was a surprise. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. When it comes to replacing your windows and doors, ignorance is not bliss. You only want to have to do it once, and you don't want to make a mistake. Great Plains Windows and Doors has been helping homeowners all over the Twin Cities with their replacement needs, utilizing the entire line of Anderson Core product, including the most popular 400 series, which contractors trust the most, and they're made right here in Minnesota. Now that sounds like bliss. For a truly remarkable experience, contact Great Plains Windows and Doors at greatplainswindows.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. It's awesome to be with you. It is. Um, of course, today, Pearl Harbor Day, so take a moment to remember the uh, the uh, lost uh, soldiers and sailors and airmen of that of that battle and uh, and the millions that uh, went and died in the war after that in World War II. There are very few uh, remaining uh, veterans of uh, the uh, Second World War. There are some still around, and uh, should you be fortunate enough to know one, thank them today for what uh, what they what they did. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. With with uh, any uh, last minute questions or comments, you can interrupt these because these were just two additional things that I was thinking about this week. One, yesterday I was uh, I usually. I don't hear the beginning of Hugh Hewitt's show over on our sister station, AM 12A, The Patriot, where you, of course, hear the rest of the Northern Alliance from 1 to 3 today, Mitch Berg, from 1 to 3 tomorrow, Brad Carlson. Um, but I was listening, you know, I, w- I usually play it off my phone on the podcast that I subscribe to. Uh, and I'm driving down, I'm driving down the road and I hear, I hear him let on, let into the electric vehicle tax credit, which I've been interested in talking about for some time, and that Ed, excuse me, that Hugh is 100% opposed to, and is and 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 discusses it, and he talks about it as if it's $7,500 that is going to um, some rich guy. Well, the only rich guy I can think of that the money is going to is, in fact, uh, Elon Musk, because when you give a tax credit. To somebody, when you give a tax credit to someone, or or any kind, or a subsidy to someone for the for you know for buying a particular good, the effect of that in the first instance is simply to raise the price of that good by an amount equal to the the size of that particular tax credit. So if I give you a uh, if I give you a, uh, a, a a grant to go to college because college is good for you, do you get more college? No, because as the as a college, and I'm a university administrator, so I freely admit, I look at that money and I say, well, the only way you can actually use that money is if you spend it on me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I capture that income through the price. It's just how it's just how markets work. If I give you a rent subsidy, the rent subsidy doesn't help the help the tenant, it helps the landlords. Because you you just raise the price by the amount of the subsidy. The only way in which the the electric vehicle tax credit helps anything is if somehow it leads to people building additional additional electric vehicles. It might have induced Chevy into the industry. It might have induced Toyota into the industry. Maybe. 
But that's an elasticity question, and it's a lot harder to figure out whether or not the elasticity of electric vehicles is really that great. No, what will increase them, as, as Hugh pointed out correctly, is if people want more of them, that's fine. So that was one story I heard, and it kind of made me a little... Because I'm looking at them like, no, 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 no. Who lobbied for that is not people that want to drive electric cars. Who lobbied for that is the producer of those electric cars because those are, that's free money for them. The electric vehicle tax credit is a benefit to Elon Musk, not 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 to uh, you know Gary Green Jeans that wants to demonstrate their environmental concerns. So that was one thing. The other thing, my my wife and I do not have uh, cable TV in our home. Um, she's a YouTube addict. I have uh, some of the streaming over-the-top services. I manage. I manage one way or another to uh, get the sports I want um, and so forth. But we do not. We 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 cut the cable about about I don't know uh, a year ago, and I'm pretty happy with how that's worked out. So it was only when I was at a friend's house watching Sunday Night Football, who has cable. Um, that because uh, and it's a tradition. It's a Sunday night tradition in the fall. We go to this guy's garage. We sit in there and and watch. That I saw this Peloton ad that became viral this week. My wife hadn't seen it, and so in the car yesterday, I happened to make a reference to it. And she's she's like, "King, what are you talking about?" And I said, "Oh, that's right. You probably haven't seen that ad." And I said, yeah, they ran this ad, and everyone's kind of creeped out by it, and the price of the stock fell by over a billion dollars. And my wife says to me, how can, how, can a, how can a company I never heard of lose a billion dollars of value in a single day? How could a company like that be so large? And I said, oh, isn't that interesting? That's what we were talking about just last week on the show. In a world where you don't have... Where where interest rates are so low and pushing towards zero, it's easy to have companies that are being bought basically on a promise, right? People are buying Peloton stock. I don't know if they're buying Pelotons. They are bu- apparently buying some, but most of the buying that we're seeing from them uh, is being plowed right back into advertising them more, including this this really dumb ad. But it's really interesting to think about the fact that that. You've got companies that are able to lose a billion dollars that people haven't heard of, and they only because that's probably because interest rates are so close to zero. I thought that was interesting too. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. This is the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty. Oh wow! It can't be. Oh yes, yes, yes. Oh, where have you been? If you snore, the first time you use mute can be quite an experience. <laughs> I can breathe. I can breathe. Snoring can happen when your nose is blocked, forcing you to breathe through your mouth. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device designed to increase airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. (laughs) Thanks to Mute, you get all the air you need through your nose and not your mouth, which means less snoring and more chance of sleep. That's the best night I've had in years. In trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. To find your local store or for more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more. Snore less. Sleep better. If you are experiencing hair loss, let this be the year to make a new hairs resolution. I'd like to introduce you to the only permanent solution to hair loss. I need more hair.com. Hi, I'm Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. You will find some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in Minnesota. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair, and they can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Let this be the year to make a new hair's resolution. Check out INeedMoreHair.com. 
This is Michael Medved for Town Hall. New research in the health sciences indicates that making a point of regularly expressing gratitude can bring numerous benefits in physical and emotional health. Robert Emmon, psychology professor at University of California, Davis, declares that gratitude enhances performance in every domain that's been examined. Psychological, relational, emotional, physical. Asking research subjects to regularly write down reasons for thankfulness in a daily gratitude journal appears to bring immediate results. A study at University College London showed better sleep quality and lower blood pressure after just two weeks of keeping gratitude journals. With a nation painfully afflicted by an epidemic of deaths of despair involving suicides, drug overdoses, and alcoholism, thankfulness may provide a promising antidote, offering an alternative to our current culture of complaint, competitive victimization, and indulgent self-pity. Taking time for thankfulness may be good for your health and the nation's. Sponsored by ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom.